back whenever I was a young kid was the stars. I used to love looking at the stars and kind of study all the different constellations, Orion, Sirius, Big Dipper, Little Dipper, all these things. Sometimes they even make up constellations. It was always kind of a childhood thing I enjoyed doing. One of the things that frustrated me, especially this time of the year as a kid, was whenever I'd go out stargazing, I'd always look for that one star that would lead me to some unknown treasure. Some star like the star David did to the the wise men, did to the magi in today's gospel, and doggone it, I never found it. But even though I never found it, even though that, that, that star may not have appeared to me as a kid, nonetheless... As much as sad as I was by that, I was still fascinated and amazed at this story of the wise men. What we celebrate today in Epiphany. Epiphany is one of the unique stories in the gospel. And I would argue it's the story that it sparks the most imagination among Christian historians of any story there is. The reason is these wise men that we come together to celebrate, are completely shrouded in mystery. The gospel doesn't tell us who they are. The gospel doesn't really tell us where they come from, from the East. The gospel does not elaborate on their identities, and yet it's so interesting that these three guys, led by a star, found the, found the little child of Christ, the incarnation of God And they prostrated themselves and did him homage. But I dare say, and it's something that I've always asked, who actually were these guys? And believe it or not, there's a little bit more, kind of, you will, writings on them aside from the gospel. Some of the writings come from the 5th century. And what it says is there's three wise men here. One representing gold, one frankincense, one myrrh. Now, this is a tradition, and this this a tradition that's that especially from this document, these documents that have been adopted by the Latins. That is, the Latin West has decided to to kind of not really decided, but it kind of has passed on this wisdom that there were three wise men. This isn't across the board and across the church in Syria, for instance. They believe that there's twelve wise men. Whatever it is, we're not entirely sure, but for our for the sake of our purposes, we'll say that there's three. And what the Latin church has always held is they have, they have names. One of them's name is Melchior, the other's name is Caspar, and finally, Balthazar. Now, the question then comes is, all right, where are they from? Some traditions say they're from Babylon. Others, they say they're from India. And still others, in fact, if you go there, Amongst the Chinese tradition, believe that one of these men were Chinese, was a Chinese scholar. Point being is that wherever they are, they're from the East. But probably the most plausible explanation on where the, the origin of the wise men is that these men were Persian. The Persian Empire was the empire that, that butted up against Rome. The Romans never could quite conquer it. It's where modern day Iran is. Is and wait. Basically, what what they what the belief was is that there was a class of priests, actually known as Mayos, Magos, which is which is Greek for priest or magician or wise man, what we now translate to be magi. 
And these priests were members of the Zoroastrian religion, basically in a, a quasi-monotheistic religion in Persia that, according by some people, claimed that they believed in a redeemer. Nobody's entirely quite sure. There's not a lot of evidence here. But whatever their identities might be, even though it probably seems, the evidence seems to tilt more toward their Persian identities, we're not entirely sure. The Catechism says this about them. The Magi are representatives of neighboring pagan religions who welcome the good news of salvation through the Incarnation. They are representatives of neighboring pagan religions who welcome the good news of salvation through the Incarnation. These men were pagans. They were not Jews. And yet they came to the land of the Jews to come and pay homage to the Jews. Which then begs the next question. Why? Why were these men standing side by side, looking up at the sky, looking for answers, looking for some sign? And why is it they followed this one star? Why of all people them? And I think the answer lies in the wisdom of G.K. Chesterton. What he points out is that in, back in the day in the Roman Empire, these men got to the point where they were so successful in building the empire and building roads and building an army and building a government that they felt deep down inside that man could do no more. That there was nothing else they could possibly accomplish. And what did that leave them? That left them sad. And the funny thing is, I would argue that's probably what was going on in the Persian Empire. The Persians were a very prosperous, mighty, mighty force. They were men who could not be conquered. And yet, deep down inside, I can only imagine that they felt that they could do no more. That they've maxed out. They've done their part. And because of that, they were left sad. Motivating them to stand on the earth and look to the heavens for answers. Only to discover an answer that came from heaven to tell them that for that one day in history, December 25th, year zero, that heaven was under the earth, dwelling as a baby in a little cave. That's the reality that you and I are called to be aware of. The reality that Jesus Christ, the God-child, has come to meet us in our apathy, in our sorrow, in our indifference. Guys, you and I live in the most prosperous nation the world has ever seen. Forget running water, forget electricity, forget cars. We have cars that practically drive themselves. We have, we, have, we have houses that lock themselves. And we have in the palm of our hands a device that can link us to anybody around the world with a, with a, given, with a, with a few given swipes. And through a few simple words, hey Siri, we can find out whatever answers we want. We are rich. And yet, for some mysterious reason, we could not be sadder. It's as if we share 
Judging by the, the, how mental health has plummeted over the past decade, it's as if we share the same understanding as the Persians and the Romans, that man can do no more. And that's where Jesus Christ comes in. Our Lord has entered history. Our Lord has entered our life. And our Lord comes to us on a daily basis in the Mass to remind us that, yes, we can. That our life is not dictated by the ways of the world. That our lives cannot be replaced by a supercomputer or artificial intelligence or anything of the sort. That you and I were chosen by God to worship him, to live for him, to die for him. Which means you and I have a purpose. A purpose to live, a purpose to die for. And that's what these three wise men discovered. January 6th in the year zero. So my dear friends, my encouragement to you all today is to follow the example of these wise men and treat the Lord in the same way that they treated him 2,000 years ago. By coming to Mass, by coming to Jesus in his most vulnerable state in the form of not a baby but in the form of bread and offer him your gifts, offer him your time, offer him your service, and offer him your heart.